Jesus, I just thank you so much that you're here with us. God, I thank you for your grace, and God, that you take us as we are, that we can just come to you um, just and lay all of our sin before you, God, and you love us, and you are the one who changed us. And God, I just thank you for your love, and we love you so much. Amen. Awesome. Can you hear me okay? Are you getting cold? I'm hot. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so how am I doing with the mic? Am I... Don't do that. Let me move it lower. Okay, how's that? Does that sound okay? Awesome. Awesome. Well, oh man, what a great morning of worship and teaching and hilarity. Those skits were awesome. I love that, right? Yes, girls. Wow, so, so precious. You know, it's awesome. This, this theme, follow me, I know for many of you, you know, you come in and you think, okay, follow me. And as we go through this, I, I know for me, I'm just uncovering all kinds of uh, just opportunities to understand in a deeper way what it is to follow Christ and another um, another uh, synonym for follow is to imitate, obey, and pursue. And I just you know I don't know about you, but anymore I never carry cash. Do you carry cash much? I really don't. And uh, so we have um, three sons, and uh, our oldest uh, just moved up here with his wife and my grandbabies this year, and brought their mother, or Amber's mother and family with them as well. And, uh, but then we have a middle son who just got married last year and his wife's mom is here and awesome how God has brought um, just us all together and just incredible things. But our youngest son, Joseph, has autism and uh, he uh, is now a man. And uh, Joseph has about a five-year-old mental age, for those of you who don't know Joseph. And uh, he loves to pace. And uh, he's funny because when he looks at his path, you know, he'll go wherever he is. He's got to have a pacing path. And so if he was here, he would be like, okay, where's the best pacing path? And then he would look at it. And then he'd be on it. And he never varies from his path. And I thought, wow, isn't that so interesting? Because in his disabled mind, you know, he just knows exactly where he wants to go. But in the world where he is to be navigating this life, um, you know, pacing and different things that he does to uh, occupy himself, um, they're not always appropriate. And so we're always trying to teach him, you know, do you see other people doing that? And so where I told my other children, don't follow the crowd, I told Joseph, follow the crowd. <laughs> if you don't see anybody picking their nose, probably you shouldn't either. If you don't see people getting undressed here, then you shouldn't either. <laughs> One of the things that he did recently that was so funny when he became a man, he informed me that he needed a credit card because he uh, had, um, you know, he was a man now. And so he had gone on Amazon and put a bunch of things in his cart and informed me that he needed a credit card to pay for these things. And I was like, uh, and he's like, look, I'm a man now. And I'm like, well, you are a man now, but mom and dad know better what's best for you at this time, so we need you to trust us. And one of the things we're really going to drive home this morning about our message about following the shepherd is trust. 
And one of the things that we've asked Joseph is, is to help him navigate this life in his autism. He needs to trust us. And so he, um, Wednesday, I went to the fair. And I, um, I, like I said, you know, he has watched me use my credit card everywhere I go, pretty much. And I put it in my wallet and I get it out, I put it in my wallet. So I'm at the fair and I get a call from his therapist and I go, oh, hey, I think I forgot to send money for Joseph today for lunch. And she goes, no problem, he just whipped out his credit card. Uh-oh, where did he get that? So I decide, well, I better, I go, well, what's it look like? So she takes a picture. Guess what? It's the one with the biggest open balance on it. Oh, I said, D well, you should ask him what else he bought. So he said, I bought 37 Skylanders on Amazon. Well, I don't know if you know what a Skylander is, but it's a little toy that you put in a computer portal and it goes onto a computer screen. You can play a video game with it. So he told her that he had bought 37 now, I want you to know they could be collectibles for 50 bucks a piece, you know. I'm like, oh, so I call my credit card company. Thankfully, he was just telling stories. And I did not charge 37 Skylanders to my credit card. But he told me the next, he came home, he was very remorseful, and he, and he talks. He can say a lot more today, but it takes him a little while to get it out sometimes. And he said, I'm really sorry. And... And I, I shouldn't, I stole your credit card. Yes, you did. And we apologized and we talked about it. And then the next day he was still thinking about it when he saw me get mine out. And he looks at me and he, I like how he starts his sentences right now. He's all, look. He starts them with, look. Or um, there's a new phrase that he's come up with too, but I can't think of it right now. It cracks me up. Um, like, uh, it's cliche. I forget it. But anyways, he goes, look, I took good care of your credit card. I kept it in my wallet and I realized you know what he was imitating me he was trying he's like yes you told me I'm not old enough but I'm trying I'm trying to trust what you've shown me and I think that's what we do as we seek God we don't know everything that's on our path but God saw our path before we were created in our mother's womb. He knows exactly where we're going, and we can trust him. But sometimes he's asking us to step out in faith and try to imitate him, that we might be able to be built up like, I am growing up. And that's what God wants us to do. And so he, as the good shepherd, he has promised to lead us. And so if you would turn with me uh, to your, uh, our scriptures up there, but uh, if you would turn with me to John 10, chapter 10. And I just want to start a little bit um, with uh, a little bit about sheep. So um, we, our scripture is our chief scripture. Oh, it's just too whispery. What do I do, Josh? How's that? Is that better? Better. Okay. Um, so we're, we're looking at our, our, our main theme scripture is from John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And as we look a little bit about some of the facts about sheep, um, we, uh, sheep are funny creatures and God has called, chose to call us sheep. Sheep respond to a shepherd's voice. It's really interesting. I watched a YouTube video on this. There was a bunch of sheep on a hillside and a bunch of people went up and they did whatever the call was, you know, whatever the yodeling type of call was for the sheep. And the sheep didn't even look at anybody. 
And then when the shepherd walked up and he goes, la, 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 whatever he did, I can't imitate it perfectly, but they, and then they all come down the hill. And it was really amazing to watch. And sheep respond to the shepherd's voice. That's a wonderful thing about sheep. When we, you know, we want to respond to our shepherd's voice. Sheep follow the voice of their own shepherd and no other, just as that illustration. Um, when they're separated, they'll, when they put them in the sheepfold, they uh, put them in herds, and then the shepherd comes and calls them, and only the sheep that belong to that shepherd will come out. Um, they, know, they know to follow only their shepherd, and it's really interesting how uh, they can hear precisely the voice of their shepherd. And sheep, unfortunately, aren't very intelligent. They tend to wander, and they often wander away from the protection of their own shepherd, which is very much like us. And um, sheep are directionless. They get lost really easy. Um, and they also will follow other sheep uh, into dangerous places. And um, sheep are weak without a shepherd. They need the shepherd. Uh, sheep, we used to have, a, a, at Easter time, we got a little lamb for our, one of our kids to celebrate Easter. And it was one of those things you push the button and they, they talk. But instead of going, it was all, it was like, it was this really horrendous. I didn't want it to be too loud, but it was, so we called it Sheepzilla. Because it was like, oh, I turned that thing off and it was super assaulting and it wasn't cute. It was a little sheep. And so we, but sheep are like that, right? They don't have teeth. They don't have fangs. They're not dangerous. You don't go, oh no, a sheep. You know, they're just not dangerous, threatening people and they're easy prey, but they need a shepherd because they can't easily defend themselves. But you know how they can? The best way they can defend themselves is to stay close to the shepherd and to stay with the flock because isolating yourself from the flock, you become easy prey for the enemy. The other thing that's interesting about sheep, they become restless easily. And what makes them restless is usually hunger and bugs. And so if, if in our, as, as we can see that picture in our life, if we're spiritually hungry, we tend to get restless and wander off looking for something else. And if we've got things that are bugging us, we tend to get restless and wander off for something else. And sheep, um, are, the one thing that's important is that they are personal, prized possession of the shepherd. The shepherd names their sheep like we would name our pets. And they're very, and he paid for them. And they're his, and they're his prized possession, they're his wealth. And that's how the Lord sees us. Sheep need plenty of water. They're always looking for plenty of water. And, it's, and so we need to get that water of the word regularly. Sheep cannot get up on their own if they fall. And that was really important to me to share with you ladies because that's what we were talking about earlier, about unity. It's important that we understand it's the shepherd who picks us up. But you know what? We, got, we can help each other not fall over completely. If we stay close together, we're not going to be... You fall over when you're separate. I'm not going to fall if I'm near a bunch of people right? So sheep fall over easy, and the shepherd has to come and pick them up. Sheep are interesting creatures. And so I really want us to kind of uh, put up the scripture again. I'd like us to repeat the scripture of the portion uh, today, the, the theme scripture, and read it together. So read with me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
And I see a lot of my and I and me in there, and it's about him. And it's just so tempting to trust in other things other than him. And I know for many times it is so hard because <clears throat> when, when the path is wide, God kind of gave me a vision of this as of late. When the path is wide and we can see the green pastures ahead and I'm with the flock and everything's cr- going along, and then um, I'm, I'm smooth, you know, I'm, I can see the shepherd, I'm following, I'm, I'm good. But where it really gets challenging is when maybe the, the path gets a little narrower. And maybe you're like this, where like there's so many sheep with you, it just feels like you're so busy and overwhelmed and it's just, it's just I can't, oh my gosh, there's so many things to be doing, so much, and I, I'm so overwhelmed. And I, I've been going through that lately. Um, I have had most incredible year and one of the most unusual years since the last time we were here. And I've had an incredible amount of events that have been incredible. My son got married to my beautiful new daughter-in-law last fall. I had some surgery last fall that was, um, you know, normal surgery that many ladies have. But nonetheless, definitely different season. Then we got to go to Africa which was incredible. Then I come home from Africa to find out that my son and his, my oldest son and his wife said, hey, we need to talk to you. And they had told us they wanted to move to Idaho, but I was so afraid they were going to tell me we're not coming, that they're like, we're stepping out in faith and we want to come like in two weeks. Yeah! Well, awesome, but busy, right? Oh, you know, lots going on. Um, we uh, recently uh, were blessed by our body to help with a down payment to buy a home. So we've opened escrow, busy, fun, good, busy, lots of things up and down, um, packing. We had some friends move up and lots of neat things going on, but also very busy things going on. And it's distracting. And what I find really interesting about when we're on paths like this it distraction can be almost more damaging than discouragement do you agree with me sometimes that i'm just outrageously overwhelmed and distracted and it keeps my eyes off my shepherd and if i get my eyes off my shepherd you know what happens we wander off the paths that we're supposed to be on that lead us to green pastures that that bring us to still waters and we find ourselves worried and anxious and trying to do things in our own strength And this was me, but then recently, I, okay, I'm not going to cry. I, um, my mom is ill, and uh, so my mom has been that mom who mowed her lawn, like, went to her 80s, you know, and I always envisioned, and my other uncles lived into their 90s, and I always imagined my mom to be with us in her 90s, but she was diagnosed with Parkinson's a few years ago, and uh, she lives in California. And um, as all of these things are going on, in the midst of it, um, my mom fell and broke her hip. And um, you know, when people are older and they break things, it, it's, it can be dangerous. Well, she uh, had surgery and um, all of a sudden uh, it became, a, her, the, it accelerated her Parkinson's. And uh, so a week ago she was put on hospice and um, this whole, I am at this place right now where I'm here with you, but I'm trusting God because 
you know, I don't know if, you know, this is her last day today. Um, we uh, got her in a great place, but, you know, we don't know. And, uh, but God is so good because I got to go down a few weeks ago and spend five days with her. And I got to uh, share with her the hope of heaven and reaffirm in her heart her hope in heaven. And I got a whole day with just her. I have four, uh, three other sisters, and, uh, and it was really sweet. And I'm grateful for that. But I want you to know that even though I know God, I know where she's going. But there's this weird part of you as a, when your mommy, you know, is, is entering into her um, uh, departure gate, you want to be with her, you know, and I want to crawl in her bed and crawl up with her and hold my mommy, you know. But God said, you know what, trust me. And I realized, you know what, God, I am always that, I think that I have been challenged to realize that I am the person that I trust you, I trust you, and I can look at the bright side of things, but then there are times where I realize in these opportunities, and I want to call them opportunities, he reveals in me things that I don't know are in me. And I need to know because he wants to take me to a deeper place. He wants to take you to a deeper place. And he's going to use many times a narrow path where you will be, you will, give an op, you will be given the opportunity to keep your eyes on the shepherd alone. And I know for me, what I noticed about that path is that we tend to be very, very afraid. And I want you to know that fear Wow, fear is one of the most gripping things, isn't it? And I was wrestling with fear. I was wrestling with anxiety. And I, I got that weird thing in your body. So, you know, you go, okay, I know what's true. I'm going to stand on your word. But then your body starts to do that. You know, you wake up in the morning. And you just, you're afraid. It's like someone just went, boom. And that your, your nerves are on that level. And you know, that fear is just so distracting. And so God has been really showing me, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Ladies, I pray for that to this weekend. We would step out and know that everything is in his hands. He knows our path. And he's saying, follow me, trust me. So I know when there are times when I feel like just curling up in a ball and running away. How many of you when you are in a challenge of trusting God, your instinct is to run away, is to hibernate, is to isolate, right? Well, let me read to you, Luke, if you'll turn to the next um, picture. Luke 15, 4, 6. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, and they say, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. And I love the worship songs that we chose, so perfect. And I just love that picture. He puts you on his shoulder. He holds you. Have you been there? I have been where in times of suffering where literally I, I am in this place of, I know he's holding me. I, I could be real. Do you ever do this? God's giving you that peace, and he's holding you, and you sense it, and you feel it, and then you go, I should be more upset about this. Maybe I'll jump off his shoulders and try to do this on my own. 
And I do that. I go, what am I doing? I want back on the shepherd's shoulders. I want him to carry me. That's what he's promised me. When I've done that, because he says, you know what? It's never too late to come back and get on my path. I want to read to you what was um, this uh, was my uh, birthday uh, this week. And so I don't know about you, but I love this little devotion. Um, I noticed it was in the ranch store. We, do we have any with us, Barbara? Okay, well, these are great little, it's called Jesus Calling. She's taken some scriptures, and she's basically wrote you a little letter using the scripture that's to you. Let me read you my devotion on September 9th, and I'll get my glasses on here. It says, remember I was telling you I was having that physical anxiety and everything too? Walk with me along paths of trust. The most direct route between A and to point B on your life journey is the path of unwavering trust in me. When your faith falters, you choose a trail that meanders and takes you well out of your way. You will get to point B eventually, but you will have lost precious time and energy. As soon as you realize you have wandered from your trust path, your trust path, I love that word, Look to me and whisper, I trust you, Jesus. It works. Cry it out. I trust you, Jesus. This affirmation will help you get back on track. It does. It really does. The farther you roam along paths of unbelief, the harder it is to remember that I am with you. Anxious thoughts branch off in all directions, taking you farther and farther from awareness of my presence. You need to voice your trust in me frequently. And I believe that's true. Do you? It, it, you speak out those, that trust in Jesus, and I'm going to tell you there is victory in speaking it out. And he says, this, uh, in this book, she says, the simple act of faith will keep you walking along straight paths with me. Trust in me with all your heart, and I will make your path straight. And I just loved that. And I said, Lord, it was my birthday. I woke up with that <laughs> feeling. And God is so faithful because when we get into his word, and I encourage you as we're going to talk about getting into his word, you know, the power of God's word is unfailing. It is. And I want to say another thing that we do when we're feeling frightened, we waver off into paths. The other thing is we just want to curl up in a ball like in the fetal position. And I love this picture. It's one of my absolute favorites. This belongs in my home. And it was given to me years ago by a fellow, a, a, a fellow believer. And uh, I love this picture. It just says so much, doesn't it? And this scripture, it says, Isaiah 40, 11, it says, He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs into his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. He is carrying you and holding you in his bosom, it says here in Isaiah. And I love that picture because you see the scar on his hand? Do you see that? He's paid a great price to have you. And he loves you so much. He wants to hold you when you're suffering he doesn't call you to suffer alone. He is with you. He is a good shepherd. And I, I just love that image. I wanted to share that with you. But the problem is, ladies, we often follow our feelings rather than faith, right? We walk by feelings and not faith. And he is faithful. It's all about trusting him. And I love that one cry of the centurion when he said, Oh, Lord, help my unbelief. Hey, we can ask. I don't, we know we're weak in faith. God, would you give me faith to believe you? 
Give me faith. It's a gift from God, the faith that we need. Ask for that faith. Verbalize it. Back to our scripture. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Hey, we see some incredible uh, examples. Can we put up that scripture again? Um, we see some credible examples in here. We see that my sheep, we can know him, and we can um, we see this that um, he declares himself trustworthy. And this verse is a great picture. We hear his voice. How do we hear his voice? In his word. So he is trustworthy through his word. How? And he says he knows us. And we can trust him through his love, that loving, intimate relationship that he's designed for us, knowing us. He didn't have to do that. He could have been a king that we just worshipped, but he said, no, I want to know you and you know me. So he, he's trustworthy because of his love for us. And he's trustworthy, it says, and they follow me. He's guiding us. He's leading us. He's faithful. So he's trustworthy through his word, through his love, and through his face faithfulness. Through his word, do you realize he says in chapter 10, and we're going to go read it right now, he says that the sheep hear my voice four times. Let's read it together in verse 10, uh, starting, I mean, chapter 10, verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up another way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. <clears throat> and when he brings them out, his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he'd spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear him. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come to, except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling, and he's not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. And as the father knows me, even so, I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. And the other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them, I, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. This command I have received from my father. Therefore there was a division among them and they, among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, he is a demon and he is mad. Why do you listen to him? And others said, these are not the words of one who is a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Which was what happened in chapter 9. 
Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you're not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand, and I and my Father are one. What a passage, right? I like want to memorize that passage. I mean, there is so much in there. I could literally teach this whole retreat on this passage of scripture. But I'm going to try to funnel it down to something uh, just for this session. But what we see here is we see there's two different time frames in which Jesus is giving these illustrations. And this was a very interesting uh, illustration to them because they did understand the use of the shepherd all through the Old Testament, the religious Jews. And he's, these are skeptics and people who are they're just trying to find fault. And, they're, and he's reaching out to them. They're legalistic. They're self-righteous. And he is reaching out to them. And he wants to declare who is his nature to who he is. And he's, he ends that chapter, I am God. And he says, so through his word, he declares that he is good. He declares that he gave himself. And he declares that he is God. He's good. He's a good shepherd. He's the door. Yeah, there's the sheepfold. So this is kind of a picture of a sheepfold, and they would put these into the fold at night to keep them safe, and they would have uh, one of the shepherds uh, would lay over the door so that no one would be able to come in and that no one would be able to run off and get out. And Jesus says, I am the door. He literally is, he is the way, the truth, and the life for us. He also is the door out of legalistic religion. And he, is the, he wants to bring us into the fold, the true and living relationship with the living God who's designed from the, from the beginning to the end, a redemption story for all of us. You know, I used to think when I was younger that God made us in the Old Testament, and then he was like, well, let's try this. Oh, that didn't work. Let's try that. Oh, that didn't work. I know. Let's send Jesus. No, that's not true at all, is it? The redemption story was always the plan from the beginning. And he's telling us, on the way out of that religious bondage that you find yourself in, you, in, in the scripture, he declares the freedom that we have, the liberty that we have in a relationship with Christ. He gave his life for his sheep. He died for us. He died for you. He died that you would have a personal relationship, that you, who were born into a life of sin, who have Maybe you've done things in your life and you thought, if anybody really knew what I did or what I've thought in my heart, they would never accept me. Well, he gave his life for you, that you, by believing in him, the price of penalty of that sin that separates you from God has been paid. That's what he did. He bought, he is the, he is the ransom for you. And he bought you. You are his sheep. You belong to him. He's only asking you, believe in me. He says, come to me and accept that sacrifice and believe. He gave his life for you and he is God. And he said in verse 30, I and my father are one. And this is evident all through this passage. We see it 
um, his, in his possession, the ownership in verse 11. We see it in his provision, the pasture of verse 9, eternal life of verse 28, security. No one's going to snatch you out of, your, out of his hand. And he said, I am my father of one. No one's going to take you away. And abundant life. You want abundant life? Zoe, we talked about last night. That's what he offers us. He, he, he shows this in this chapter, his possession of us, his provision for us, his protection for us. It says in verse 11, he lays his life down. He's the door in verse 11, 14, 17, 18. All talk of his amazing protection. Do you need protection today from the lies of the pit, from the enemy who seeks to devour the enemy would like nothing more for you to separate yourself from the flock of God. If you're not in fellowship at a church, or maybe you're just starting to get in fellowship, you need to be with the flock. You're going to grow with the flock. You're going to be protected. And it's important, I encourage you, if you do not have a church home, do not let time slip away from that opportunity to be in the fold the, the, um, the other thing that we see is he has the power. He has said, I lay down my life. I have the power to do it, and I have the power to take it up again. Hey, guess what? He's not on the cross anymore, right? He rose again. Hallelujah, right? Let's clap. Woo! God is risen. He is risen indeed, and that is our hope. He can raise you from the dead. My mom is getting ready. She's in the departure gate. She's heading home. She's not leaving. She's going. She's getting ready to enter into the greatest experience that all of us are looking forward to. And that's our hope. He will rise our physical bodies, our, our spirits, and we will live forever. We will rise again because he has risen. He has the power to save. And it says in verse 28, I love this, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish your body, yeah, it's per mine's perishing faster than I expected. But it's probably because I don't take very good care of it. I love what Sharon Welch said one time. We were talking about marriage, and we were saying how the, the wife's body's the husband's, and, you know, vice versa. And she turns her husband, she elbows him. She goes, why don't you take better care of it? <laughs> that was so hilarious. I died laughing. But, yeah, I don't take very good care of it. But you know what? I know where my, my I belong. Um, anyways, no one's going to snatch it. says, and, and neither shall anyone snatch you out of my father's hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one has this power. You can't find this power anywhere. There is one God who died and rose again and gave for you. Every other God has requirements. Every little G God. Every, even if your God is become self-indulgence. There's requirements. You've got to keep up with the Joneses. There's no other hope out there, ladies. This is it. This is the greatest hope ever given. He declares himself trustworthy and, um, oh, I want to go one, backing up a little bit. I want you to know something about reading his word and knowing it. It is very important. You live in an age like no other. Every one of you have a Bible in your hands. Almost every, if you have a smartphone, you got Bible apps galore, free in your hands. Sermons, you've got uh, commentaries, incredible wealth. No other generation in the, in the history of mankind has had what you have. 
There is no reason why we cannot know his word like never before. Do you want to hear his voice? Have you ever heard people go, God spoke to me? I never heard God speak to me. How do, how do you know God spoke to you? Hey, I want to tell you something. He gave you this incredible love letter, and it's written just for you. And he's speaking to you through it. And you know what? The more time you spend in it, the more you recognize his voice. When that thought comes into your mind, and you know it's Jesus, because why? It sounds like Jesus. When I, my husband was in the military, uh, he wrote me letters. And if somebody else sent me a letter, and it was a love letter, but it wasn't Jackie, I would know it. Because I knew how Jackie wrote letters. And I want you to know, the more you spend time in that love letter, the more you will hear his voice in different, when you're crying out, God, I need wisdom. Somebody said wisdom. I need wisdom. And you will hear his voice because you know his voice because you're spending time making yourself familiar with his voice and his word. And I'll tell you this, if you make a mistake and you step, well, one thing I do say, it's got to line up with his word. So I'm going to tell you, he's not going to go tell you to murder somebody, even if you felt like it, right? I think I should kill that person. No, that's not God. And, and, and the other thing is, is that what happens is we step out in faith and we say, okay, I believe God's telling me this. <clears throat> uh, so a lot of people moving up to Idaho lately. I believe God's telling me this. Nothing's coming together. Okay, Lord, I'm waiting. Show me. And you wait. Don't step out and run down a path that's not yours. Have you ever done that? I got a plan. Here, it's really good. Follow me, God. Follow me. I got the plan. You know, how many times have you done that? And what, does it ha what happens? It doesn't usually come out well. We want to be on his plan. So if we don't have a clear direction, we wait until he shows us further. And if we make a mistake, and we will, one of the things I have in my uh, Joseph's homeschool room is mistakes equal learning. And he hates to make a mistake. He just has a flip-out tantrum. And autistic people tantrum a lot. So flipping out tantrums at an 18-year-old is quite exciting. And um, so he will flip out. So what I do to redirect him is I just tap the sign. Tap, tap, tap. And he goes, mistakes equal learning. And then we get back to school. So that's what we do to read. So if you fail, if you make a mistake, trust God. He's going to use it. He has a plan. He can use your failures, sometimes greater than he can use your successes. Isn't that exciting? That's our good shepherd. He can use it all. He declares himself trustworthy through his love. He says, I know them. He knows you. I'd like to put up the next slide. Um, it's, not, it's the one with the, the, one, the new one. No, no more slides? Oh, it's okay. Um, so he knows you intimately. He knows the thoughts on your, uh, that your thoughts, it says in Psalm 139. He knows the hairs on your head. Um, well, I'm going to read the scriptures to you then since you don't have them. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. In Luke 12, 7, he knows the hairs on your head. Goodness, my hairdresser doesn't know the hairs on my head. She sees it all the time too, but they're getting less and less. So, the, indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered. He knows you individually. He knows your name. He knows all about you. He keeps your tears, it says in Psalm 56, 8. You've collected my tears. He keeps your prayers, it says in Revelation 5, 8. He knows you sacrificially. And it says in John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this to one who lays his life for your friend, for his friend. 
I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Greater love is no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. He calls you friend. That's precious. That's precious. Finally, we can hear him and know him and follow him because of his faithfulness. And so we, it's not even what I've realized with the, some of the trials I've walked through in my life, it's not that I don't want to follow God, it's how I follow God. And sometimes, I got to tell you, I follow by fear more than I do by faith. I am like this, going down that path. So remember that path we talked about earlier? You're going down, and you're this sheep. And I have this little thing I want to share with you. Fear or faith, sheep are timid creatures. And I want you to know that I think this, this describes it well. We can, when we walk by fear as Christians, we're timid, we're tense, and we're terrorized. Right? You're timid. You're like every little sound that, on that path. I'm that sheep. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Oh, my gosh. What's going to happen next? Oh, my gosh. And we're timid, and we don't walk very fast. We walk... When you're timid, you don't walk. You walk slow. And you're just like, like, like my devotion. You'll get there, but it's slower. It's wasting time and energy. It takes a lot of energy to be tense. And so when we're terrorized, oh my gosh, talk about an energy consumer, right? Have you ever been like really afraid? It's like later you're just exhausted. You just can't even move. And you know what? He, if we walk by faith, we can pursue his presence and prayer and in praise, what an incredible gift that is when you start to feel that fear come in and you seek him in prayer and you start praising him. Man, it's like a ladder out. How many of you have heard me talk before about flipping it? Well, I love this scripture. I use it all the time. Philippians 4, if you'll, if you'll just, I think, do I have, we know we don't have any more slides? No more? Do we have more slides? Can you put up Philippians 4 for us? Anyways, um, if you'll just turn then to your Bibles, Philippians 4, uh, 4 through 8. Um, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything in, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be, be, made, be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the, which you learned and received and heard and saw in me. These do, and the God of peace will be with you. This is a ladder out, ladies. Think of it as a rung. Be joyful, be gentle, be prayerful and humble and thankful. Become peaceful. You want that? Do those things and watch God's peace come upon you. It's amazing. Be intentional. Praise God no matter what. God has your circumstances in his hands. He's got a plan. Praise him. God, this is an opportunity. This is not an affliction. It's an opportunity. There is nothing... Um, if there's nothing good, Jesus is always good. Put him in there. If there's anything praiseworthy, Jesus is praiseworthy. If there's any virtue, Jesus is virtuous. We can always put Jesus in there. We want to be those passionate, peaceful, and persevering uh, sheep. And uh, many times it is my pride that keeps me off my path. I think I know better. I don't want to trust God's path. I really think I got this, God. And that's not where God's asking us. He said, if you wait and let me show you the way, let me lead you and you follow me, 
you will find a great victory. Who are you following today? Who are your eyes fixed upon? Is it others? Is it, is it somebody that maybe you admire that's a human being? Maybe you follow all kinds of different advice from different reality shows or tabloids or self-help books. What are you following? Trust the Good Shepherd. He is so faithful. I just want to close this with um, Psalm uh, 23, one of our favorite shepherd psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I want to share with you one of my favorite songs about the Good Shepherd. And I want you to, can we put back up this picture, um, this one? Can we go back to that slide? Um, I'm going to have my precious little... Um, I'm going to call her my friend, but she's, I've known this little girl since she was just a little girl. And, and she was, what, four? <laughs> so she's going to sing for us. She's uh, the worship leader from Calvary Chapel, Tooele. And she's going to sing a song I asked her to share with us today. Thank you. And as she's singing, real quick, um, I want you to write down in your group your highlight at this time. And I want you to really ask yourself, Lord, what am I fearing? What am I afraid to trust you with? And I want you just to really pray and listen to the song, look at the picture, and just meditate on that and allow him to hear, hear him. Allow him to speak. Maybe it's not what you think. Okay, so really seek him in this time. <clears throat> 